Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back, of course, to the Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only Angel Ortega. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about this week. Obviously, uh, we got some UFC to go over. Uh, we do have a little bit of boxing to go over. We do have a couple of other topics kind of filter out. This is going to be a bit of a light week, honestly. Uh, no MMA going on. Not a whole lot of big uh, boxing going on. We do have uh, Javante Davis return. We'll talk about that. As always, before we get into the action... RogueEnergy.com. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Let's go with SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off all our energy needs. Ladies and gentlemen, it's breaking into the summer. I'm somebody who plays disc golf a lot. You know, I like having my Rogue Energy bottle going out when I go out to the course, slanging that thing out there, and, uh, you know, drinking that keeps me hydrated. You know, anytime I'm feeling parched, I want to take a sip. Code SOUNDOFF. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the Popsicle flavor. Great Popsicle. You know, and I know you're a huge fan as well, you know? I'm sure whenever you're going to the gym, all you're drinking is Rogue Energy. Is that correct? That's all I need. There you go. That's all he needs. And Angel, if you guys don't know, he doesn't post much on Twitter. He's fucking jacked right now, all right? He's fucking, he's in his <laughs> prime, all right? He's looking like Conor right now. Conor McGregor, he's going to fight at 170. Angel's going to beat his ass, all right? Jokes aside, RogueEnergy.com. Code SOUNDOFF. 10% off your order. Get yourself something nice and support the show as well. Last Saturday night from UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. A women's bantamweight main event that, uh, look, man, let's just call it for what it is. It was not a great fight. A lot of it was fought in the clinch. A lot of it was just kind of a uh, bit of, bit of wall installing action. However, it is, uh, very controversial. And it's in some, some, People, which we'll get into, are calling for a whole over, this is really strange because this is the fight that a lot of people are calling for a whole overhaul of the system of the judging and so on and so forth. Nonetheless, Ketlin Vieira defeats Holly Holm via split decision. Scorecards being 47 48, 48 47, 48 47. Uh, with that, Ketlin Vieira wins, moves to a two fight winning streak. She said she's going to wait for a title shot next. Might get it depending on what happens in July with Nunez and Pena too, but regardless, Angel. Give me your thoughts on the main event of UC Vegas 55, and who did you score the fight for? In the moment, and look, I do not keep track of my rounds. This is just off how I saw it in the moment, how I felt. I thought that Holly won. I was actually very confused, and I watched the fight. Like I, I paid attention to it in its entirety. I didn't keep track of my scorecard in the moment. I wasn't paying like a, like a crazy amount of attention like I do sometimes on the main event like that. But in the moment, I thought, and I, and I still think I haven't rewatched it. I, I'll go back at some point. I thought Holly won. Mm-hmm. Have you rewatched the fight since then? I have not. Okay. So did you have it three to two or four to one? Just out of curiosity. I, I thought it was a close fight. I could have seen it three to two. Like just okay. off first look and like not even like, you know, like not having, like not actually keep actively keeping a scorecard. I, I didn't think it was like a Holly blowout or anything like that. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I scored it 4-1 to one for Holly, but I will concede there was two rounds in there that I'll say most of the rounds are reasonably close. I don't think outside of round two, which was Vera's round, I just thought it was pretty pretty clear. Um, it was not a robbery, I didn't think. I will say that uh, just, just out of the art of fairness, um, we talk about a lot about like MMA decisions and like who they scored the fight for. 
uh, it was damn near unanimous on, on Holly's side. Um, of the scorecards, I believe there was like two out of, I'm looking I'm at it right now. It yeah, I'm not going to count it. It's like something like two out of 23 thought that Vieira won. By the way, it's 80-20 on the fan side as well. 80-20 on the fan side. Yeah, and that's pretty accurate. I will say that it, it was, uh, in my opinion, a, a clear win for Holly Holm. Because unlike a lot of fights where, like, we argue, you know, like, just as an example, there's some, some people com- comparing this to, like, um, MVP versus Logan Storley. This was not even the case. Like, this was pretty even striking. I thought, well, Holly had the edge in the striking, both via, like, I thought just, like, in terms of damaging shots and also just the amount that she was landing. And she also, you know, she also had a shit ton of control time as well. Despite that, Vieira ends up getting the win. Um, look, man, I think the more interesting thing in the fight itself is kind of the whole backlash to this. Angel, did you see any of this? Sort of, because I'm seeing people like Daniel Cormier, Brendan Schaub, a lot of people calling for, like, a complete overhaul. A lot of people were like, how long are we going to let this happen for? I'm not even disagreeing that it was the wrong decision. Is it just me, or is it really strange that this is the fight that we're using to call for a complete overhaul of the judging system? It was interesting. I, I did see a lot of people getting made fun of for that on Twitter, but I think, like, uh, there's always side of this conversation, though, you know what I mean? Maybe it's a little bit more now, because it's kind of like it finally frustrated some of the ex-fighters enough to the point where they're like, okay, it's time for change. But I did see this guy on Twitter making fun of some other dude. He's like, this is the one you die, is this the one you die on the sword for, bro? Like, this is the <laughs> one? Like, he was, I was like, damn, bro, you didn't have to go that hard, but but it is kind of true though to an extent because it's like a dude. No one does. And granted though, it was close. It was it was close to an extent. But it's like we've had a shit in recent memory. You know, John Jones Reyes comes to mind. Uh, we've had a really egregious one recently that I can't think of, Josh. Uh, Oh, yeah, God. I can't think of which one it is, but I know we've we've had a couple of egregious ones. I mean, shit, uh, I'm trying to. There was a really bad. Let me see if I can see it right here, real quick on him. And maybe yeah, see, so let keep me track see of if it. I can also. Dude, Adesanya Whitaker was titting on Joe. Um, uh, let me see. I'm looking at this right now. Uh, could you know how I dropped lost the you. most popular ones? That one's up there, but I feel like there was one that was really bad in recent memory that I can't. Priscilla Cachoeira, her last fight. Maybe really I don't know. There obviously there's ones that, that are close and you know people are not going to die for. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I mean there's there's been you know there's there's always some there maybe and it's maybe like an undercard fight you know that I can't think of off the top of my head. Shit, Clay Collar, Clay, Clay Carr and my boy Hash Manfield. That one comes to mind. That was I pretty was, bad. I was up. I was there with the eye for that one, man. Uh, there, you know there were some in Bellator that were bad recently too. Uh, I can't think of off the top of my head, but the, the thing is, it's there's there's been plenty, and this is in like a, and I don't know if it's because it's Holly, and she's such a big name, because uh, I don't know if people, it's something I didn't put into perspective until I went on to Holly's like Instagram. I'm like, damn, Holly is like super fucking popular still. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Holly is a uh, a big name. I mean, she has like. Like a couple, like a couple million followers on Instagram. She got the what is it? The the Ronda rub. You know, she still has it. Yeah. When she got the big knockout. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's bizarre. You know, um, this is not the fight that I think people. Should, now, granted, they can do whatever they want. I would not die on the sword for this fight. You know, like I said, I thought that. What's, what, well, actually, this is a good question, Josh. I'm sorry to cut you off there. What, yeah, no. what, what fight 
would you die on the sword for? John Jones, Dom Reyes. <laughs> yeah, that would that would that would always comes up, dude. I love it because it makes me so angry. And I, I was playing it on the show why, but like Dom Reyes went from beating the goat essentially. He did. I mean, I don't know how you can score that way that fight any other way. Then you know, you know what I would love to do, Josh? One day, we one day uh, I don't know how we'll do it, but I'd love to to go back and do a. We should do a live commentary of us scoring that fight. I don't even think I could watch it because I watched it once the week of, and it like the night of, I got super pissed off. You know something? Then, I'm a I'm a rewatch it. I need to rewatch it. Rewatch and re- it. And then what if I rescore it? I rescore it for Dan. You're gonna kill me. <laughs> Dude, I remember right? I have, we have it on the podcast. I think we have it on recording. I thought that they, I think I thought the night of uh, Ray's one. I'm pretty sure. Every, dude, everybody did. Not everybody. Not not everybody. Not Nate Bags. <laughs> I love Nate. I really don't care about his opinion when it comes to fighting. <laughs> I love I love Nate. Nate, if you're listening, I love you, brother. But I don't that, 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 you can't respect a man who thinks Ally Quinta actually had a good fight against Habib, right? You can't that's a good the, point. That's you a can't good take point. the opinion of a man that's a good point. That, right? That, yeah. That's that's when it got chalked. So I went and checked every decisions, like, on that fight, Reyes Jones, like, it's pretty fucking clear. And I still, I've rewatched that. I watched it once on the night of, and I, I rewatched it that week because I think we talked about it on the podcast, if I remember correctly. And just to make sure I was correct, and I was, I just got even more angry. Because, like, imagine going from beating the GOAT to just, you know, like, now, like, he didn't get the rub of beating John. Which would have been bigger than beat, winning the belt itself. He loses in his fight for the belt, and he's never gave that fight back because John immediately vacated and ran to, well, ran to nowhere. You know, I was about to say ran to heavyweight, but he hasn't even fought there. Refused to rematch him. Like, what a shitty situation. He got bailed out because of shitty judging. But that's the fight that makes me really upset. This one, I think it was a bad call. But I mean, look, man, people don't. You know, it's kind of funny. Angel, it echoes a conversation. We're not going to get into to stuff outside of MMA and sports because I think, you know, a lot of people like the escape of sports. But at the same time, like, you know, other people complain about stuff going on in, like, you know, the country right now about how nothing's going to change after a terrible event. This, people complain about judging, nothing's going to change. I mean, I'll give full props to people that try and get solutions like, um, you know, like open scoring is one. You know, I, I've... People can debate back and forth about open scoring. I've covered Invicta in person, and I've covered a lot of their events, and they have had open scoring since 2020 or 2019. Um, and it's the same. It's relatively the same fight. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference, but I'll give them props for trying. A lot of people just complain about judging, and there's really no attempt to fix it. So I don't really see a point in getting angry about it. And this is also not the fight I'm going to die on the cross for. It's very, very strange to me personally, but... To kind of wrap up, yeah, I thought I thought home one three two, but I'm not going to get too upset about it. And uh, Angel, I'm pretty sure you're on the same page. But, um, anyways, man, this this co-main event was much better, much much better than the main event. Uh, in the end, Michelle Pajaya defeats Santiago Ponzinibbio via split decision. Another split, twenty-eight twenty-nine, thirty twenty-seven, twenty-nine twenty-eight. Were the scorecards? Angel again. Split decision. But who did you have in this one? Um, I thought this was a very, very fun fight. I could have seen it go either way. I thought it was very, very close. I personally scored it for Perea, but what do you think? I never prepared to. I thought it was weird that one coach, uh, Ron McCarthy, uh, pretty sure that son of Big John had it scored for, uh, uh, like, uh, not, not had a, a round score for Perea. For Ponce my bad, my bad. 
Yeah, I thought that was bizarre too. But yeah, the, yeah. hey, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I gave I gave rounds one and two, I believe. To actually, I'm looking at these I'm looking at these scorecards. This is actually very scary. Did you actually did you see how they were scored? So it was a unanimous round okay. one for Pahea. I'm looking at as it, it should that, be as it should be. They had round two. Uh, Ron McCarthy and both Michael Bell had a ten nine. Uh, second round Pahea. Uh, the uh, the middle judge he had it a nine ten Pahea, and then he or Ponzinibbio, and then this is weird. Mike Bell had it nine ten Pahea. Uh, third round, he gave Ponzinibbio the third round. Uh, so did, uh, the other judge, uh, whose name I'm not gonna pronounce. Ron McCarthy had it 10-9 for Pahea the third round. It's actually weird. I had it 1-3 and three Pahea second round Ponzinibbio. No one had it like that. Yeah, I had it, I had it 1-2 and two for Pahea personally. Really? I will, uh, the second round was very, very close though. I think that's what it came down to. I thought I thought round three was actually pretty clear for Pons, honestly. I'm looking at a. I think I fucked it a lot of. It's weird. I'm looking at the fan scoring, and the fan scoring has it sixty percent. It's like a it's sixty two to thirty four percent. They have it Pahea, but if I look at the percentages, they're fucked. It's ten nine Pahea, ten nine Pons and Evie round two, and then ten. <laughs> It's forty eight percent in the second round. That's probably why they had the round real close. And then seventy four percent had Ponzinibbio round three. Hmm. I guess I guess I was the only one who thought he won that round. And Ron McCarthy. Yeah, well, I mean, all due respect, I think you and Ron McCarthy, um, Ron McCarthy, don't know what the fuck you're watching, Angel. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. I mean, look, I'll put it like this: it was a very, very, very close fight, and I really didn't have a problem if it would have went either way. Um. But yeah, man. I mean, shout out to Michelle Pahe. As far as he he's moving forward, um, have yeah, he is now ranked in the welterweight division. He's ranked number fourteen. He called out Jorge Masvidal and he called out Nate Diaz. Neither one is going to happen for him next. And I really that Jorge Masvidal call out backfired almost instantly. But as far as the future for Michelle Pahe, who do you want to see him fight next? Anybody, literally anybody. That's you don't have fine. you don't have a name in mind. It, it doesn't matter. I think you can fight anybody and it'll be an entertaining fight. He's one of the few guys that I, I don't think I'll be disappointed with. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I want to hear – okay, let me see if I can find it. Um, because we talked about a lot how, like, his weight, about how, like, he is huge. On, oh, did, oh, did they uh, take his weight afterward? To... Somebody, somebody said on Twitter – I wish I can find out how much it is. Because it was, it's insane. And I want to have you guess, but I don't want, probably should have pulled this up beforehand. I'm going to be pissed off if I don't. Okay, yep. Guess how much Michelle Pahea weighed whenever this fight was announced. This fight was made four weeks, uh, you know, he started training camp four weeks ago. Guess how much he weighed? 210. 210. Bullshit. He weighed 211. I'm surprised you got I'm on demon time, dude. I don't know who who else you asked me this. I think you asked me, uh, who was it? I had to guess. You you made me guess some other shit, and I was like spot yeah. on. That's crazy. I can't believe you went ahead and. Uh, I'm not surprised though. He's so. I've always said he's fucking massive. He could fight at light heavyweight. He literally could. That's he, insane. He, he looks like a weight class bigger than Ponzinibbio, and Ponzinibbio is a big guy for welterweight. 
I'd love to see Pahad just go up to 185 because he has the frame for it, and it'd be such an easier weight cut. He does. I don't fully understand why he's so insistent on fighting 170, but he looks like a 185er. He could get to that title pretty quick at 185. Like I feel like he could run through that. Like I feel like the road to the title at 185. I mean, right now, if you're a good guy, I feel like you get to the title at 185 in a decent amount of time. No, I agree. I mean, especially thinking like welterweight, just the type of the fighting style that he has. He's very, very wild and. Very, very yeah. crazy. That's going to be a fucking problem when he runs into those top guys who are just straight-up wrestlers. Yeah, a lot of control guys. Like, very, yeah. I mean, if you look at middleweight, dude, I mean, guy, fucking Darren Till's number eight. That's no disrespect, but he hasn't won a fight in, like, two years. Yeah. Uriah Hall's up number nine. Gastelum's ten. Hermanson's seven. Sean Third, Strickland is... Three guys are tied for four, dude. What the? Yeah, fuck? I mean it's a, it's it's fucking. Crazy. I'll, I'll put it like this: right now, like right now, like just inserting him, I think Michelle Pahan could be a top ten guy in the middleweight. No, I agree. I think I think and he, one and he and one fight away from being a top five. No, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. Which look for me, I want to see that weight change. I don't I don't think he'll ever do it. Maybe he will because he's still like what 27? 20, 27? 28. 28. Look, he was really young, and he has like. He still has, like, another 10 years in the sport. To, not yeah. Maybe, to an extent, right? We don't know. And maybe he'll be like, you know something? Fuck this weight-cutting shit. Which, look, the Brazilians have always cut a lot of weight for some reason, and they do it very late, too. I know this, it's, like, a thing. You know, I don't know if you know this, Josh. But, uh, yeah, like, I wonder if he'll ever decide to change it. I think he should, but, hey, he's winning, so it's working. Yeah. But... Yeah, man, man, I went ahead and asked you who, I like to see, who you'd like to see him next. He just went ahead and said anybody. The fight that really the fight that really gets me fucking going, Angel, you know what it is? The fight that tickles your pickle? It tickles my pickle. Lee Jang Lang. And I was looking I was looking at that. I was, I was like, thirteen you, versus fourteen. Yep. That gets me that gets me going. Sure, yeah. But if, if if that if that's not an option, who would be your second? Because Jeff Neal's book right now, I believe the only available people right now are Michael Chiesa, Sean Brady, and Jorge Masvidal, Wonder Boy. Above him, above him at this time. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if they can't give him the leech, man, I don't even know because a lot of the guys are booked. Is Kiesa booked? If Kiesa's not booked, I'm telling you, I believe Kiesa's not booked. We haven't seen Kiesa fight since the Luke fight. No, the the Brady fight. Oh, 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 yeah, you're right. It was the Brady. Yeah, so outside of that, I'd probably rather. I mean, I guess Kiesa would make sense. Yeah, he's not scheduled to fight anybody either. Yeah, there you go. So. One of those two fights, you see, fucking book it, you know. Um, I can see either one of those, honestly. But regardless, man, solid win for him. Um, we'll see what happens with him. The fact that he's ranked is awesome. I mean, honestly, the fact that he's made this jump from being like a super crazy entertaining guy to becoming like a legitimate contender, I don't think truly get the respect that it deserves. Especially considering he like made. I understand he was young, but to fight a certain way for like twenty five, twenty six years, and then just switch that shit. Pretty crazy, but yeah, to an extent, right? And I like I always told you, you could always see that he had that he could be a good fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had. He's very, you know, physically like talented. He is very athletic. Like that is very apparent. He just needed to put the brain to the, uh, you know, to the body, right? You know, mm-hmm. and and he's done that. And I think he he has a lot of growth. I think he still needs to grow a lot, and he needs to do a lot of stuff to change. I think he's. He has the potential to be a championship to be a champion. I just think he needs to unlock that. You know what I mean? 
And I, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. going to be a, at one point in his uh, career when he become now that he's a ranked fighter, there's going to be a moment in his career during a fight. I don't know if, when it's going to happen, but he's going to have to realize what kind of fighter do I want to be? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be the fun, entertaining guy? Or do I want to be the guy who's winning titles and cementing my legacy? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's a lot of guys that have to make that decision at some point in their career. And uh, for him, he has a lot of time still. And it, but I think he, he needs, he's going to have to realize that at some point, and he's going to get tested, and he's going to have a really hard fight, and he's going to be like, damn, this is the shit I have to go through to win now. Yeah, for sure. And I think he's already either – I mean, I think he's probably already made that decision to be honest with you. The fact that he's – Tone down the craziness. I think he. I think he's ready for a real run. You know, mm-hmm. but that all remains to be seen. Because I mean, there's but no also Josh, there's been, yeah. there was no crowd in that fight. Correct. And that fight was getting wild. I wonder if with a crowd there, that fight is a little different. Yeah, maybe he gets a bit more wild. Who really knows? That's the other thing, dude. Some people are affected by the crowd. We haven't really we didn't touch up a, a lot on that, but I think that's a real factor too that we didn't really talk about. No, it absolutely is. I mean, he's a guy that gets very, very wild at times. So, um, and he's a guy that always tries to appeal to a crowd. So, honestly, don't really know how that would affect him. Probably, he might have gotten more wild, but who knows? You know, there's some guys that benefit from it. I think, like, Pahey is a guy that benefits from there being no crowd. Another guy is Justin Gaethje. Whenever Gaethje's, like, fucking insane run. Not all of it was no crowd, but a couple of sites were no crowd, and he was just wrecking dudes, you know? Um, but, yeah, man, we'll see what happens with him moving forward. Uh, but regardless, dude, the fact he breaks into the rankings, good for him. Love to see him fight again soon, you know. Um, but we'll see what happens. As far as the rest of the card goes, this one was a bit of a mixed bag. I bought you one. That's not fair. I actually like this card a lot. There was a lot of really fun fights. It was here. fun. It was yeah. fun. Let's Which fights honest. are you looking forward to talking about the most? I mean, you got to go one down, man. Chidi and Jaquani, man. He's uh, he's done it. He's uh, he's making a little run here and uh, getting another finish, man. And uh, for uh, what? Like, once again. He's a 185 man, and if there's a division to make a run right now, I think it's that one. And uh, he's doing it, man. I mean, no, no, no ranked opponent yet, but two finishes in the same year, you know, pretty mm-hmm. solid, you know. And against all right guys, not no one special, you know, no no big name, no one well known. Uh, Dusko was a good guy though. He, or he is a good guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he shit, he finished Behar. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. They fought on the on the the like, regional scene. regional scene. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say regional because it was a, it was it's a it's a decently sad promotion. But they fought back in the day, back in 2018. Regardless, he he put him out, man, and uh, that's a nice little win. I mean, for him, I think uh, you know he's he's a little older. He's 33. He's not old by any means, but he's not going to get any younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they need to push him a little bit. I need to, I think they should give him a guy who's just outside of the 15, kind of lingering, and uh, try to get him into the rankings, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who that guy is, but maybe – I know there's a lot of guys booked right now. I was going to say Jerome Mercer, but I, I, he's he's booked against Bruno Silva for August. But Damn. Yeah, I know, right? But, that, you know, that's a name. But, you know, they they need to give him someone. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they have – dude, Chidi and Jugawani, I could not be happier – Honestly, to see this current run that he's going on, like it's, he's defying all sorts of logic. You know what I mean? Like there's sometimes these guys they'll make it in the UFC somehow, like a Parker Porter who we'll we'll talk about, but you know, just these guys who get in the UFC at like a later age because Chitty got in 33, 
most people thought his best days were honestly behind him, you know. Um, the opposite. <clears throat> Instead, he's out here wrecking dudes. And obviously, you can argue a certain level of competition, but, like, it's not fighting bad dudes in there, man. I mean, Duzko is a really good dude. Um, got fight before, Marc-Andre Berriolt, very good guy, knocked him out. The fact that he's doing it in such easy fashion is what makes it interesting. Looks like the switch just flipped in him, honestly. Um, I don't know who he's going to fight next, but I'll watch him fight anybody. Straight he's another up. guy who needs to fight again this year, man. I mean, stay active, right? You're getting these finishes. You're getting easy. These are He's gotten two pretty easy paychecks this year, man. I mean, he's already made uh, a person's salary this year, you know? Mm-hmm. So keep it going, brother, and uh, bonuses too, right? That's another thing we didn't even think about. Uh, yeah, no, get another one in this year, man, if you can, or sneak in, take a short notice, just stay in shape this year, and because uh, you know the UFC likes that shit, and, and he's doing all the right things, and he's and he's winning in the way that the UFC likes seeing. And like I said, one eighty-five is open, man. Before you know it, you'll be fighting a, a ranked guy. You know, I think he, they could they could give him the bottom of the fifteen next if they really wanted to. I think if they if they really wanted to push him, because like I said. He's a little older, you know. He doesn't really have to – I feel like they don't really have to give him that much, if, especially if he's winning the way he is. You know, they could really push him here and give him a guy who's on the lower end of the 15. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe a Brad Tavares type. I, I know Brad Tavares. I like to see that fight. Yeah, I know, they, I know Brad Tavares just got back into the rankings, right? I think he was out of it for a bit. Or he was on the – Yeah, I mean, he did have a rough, a rough patch. Yeah, but so, he's been on a run for a minute now. Yeah, so maybe that. I, I, I'm not sure what they decide to do, but they're, they're, I feel like they have options. No, they absolutely do, and I, you know, that's a really good, honestly, that's a damn good booking, dude. Brad Tavares, I, bring, I believe he's ranked around 12 or 13. He's won two fights in a row. Book that shit, dude. I'll watch that. Brad Tavares. Apparently. You're welcome, by the way. Apparently he is he's scheduled against Trikis Duplices, though. That's a hard-ass fucking fight. <laughs> that is a very difficult fight, but if anything happens to Trikis, <laughs> hey, man. go ahead and slide him in. Like I told you, that you got to be ready on standby. That's why. What was the one? Uh, what's one thing that I heard a, a fighter say recently? The best thing you can do as a fighter is always be in shape. Yeah. You know, and so that way, if, if the call, you know, if the call is available, you're you're in shape, you're ready, easy wake up, let's go. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I'm just like I said, man. I've been a fan of this guy since Bellator days. Ever since he went ahead and faced, I think it was the, the Fiala fight. Funnily enough, that got me on his side when he knocked the fuck out of him in like. Some like oh I looked it up right now it was Thackerville Oklahoma and <laughs> he knocked Thackerville Thackerville Oklahoma that's your hometown isn't it Josh no it is not no it is not, <laughs> no, it is not. but I know <laughs> Thackerville is like I want to say it's like a really really small town in like Oklahoma so I don't even know what the fuck they held that fight there but regardless um, knocked the shit at him he goes on he faced Melvin Gillard beat the piss out of him I mean he's just he's a bad man. So for him to finally get this shot, he got cut from Bellator. I, mean, I think it was entirely fair. He lost to Korshkov, beat Hasaki Koto, uh, lost to John Salton, and lost to Cavalio, and that was it. They cut him, which is insane because he had such a long run with them. But, yeah, man, I'm very, very happy. He's in the very, very happy to him, and he got that nice performance of the night. That was a brutal knockout, man. There's, there are a few things I like more than, like, an elbow like that. Like, in the clinch, stepping away, puts him out cold. That's dope. That's so cool. Elbows are um, always so brutal, dude. Huh? Elbows are always so brutal. Oh, they are. Yeah, and that one was brutal, but I loved every minute of it. Um, yeah, man. As far as the rest of the card, uh, Tabitha Ricci picked up a nice win with Poliana Viana. Uh, that is her second win in a row. 
Love to see it. I know this is a decision on the card. I want to get your quick opinions on this one. Uh, Park Jun Yong defeating Eric Anderson. I thought this was a bad call. What'd you think? Uh, you know, this one's on your, I would have to rewatch it. I know he, uh, Park gained a lot of shots in that though. He did. He had a lot of heavy shots. That's one I would have definitely had to go back and uh, give you a, a second thought on. But in the moment, I did, uh, you, you know how you always like, you, you think someone won, you know, you're going to a decision, you're like, oh shit. This person, okay, I was like, oh, that's like an Eric Andrews. Yeah, I did kind of have that moment with that one. I was like, oh, did I not see something? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was one of those, too. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a bad call. At the same time, I also, it was it was a close fight, but I definitely thought Eric Andrews won. Um, Look at it. It was 60-40, public. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like it was a pretty unanimous round one and round, well, round one for Andrews. Like sixty forty round two and then round three everybody gave it a park. What I'm looking at and fifty one percent of people had Andrews defeating Park. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, as far as the rest of the card goes, uh, Joseph Holmes picks up another big win. Or boy Parker Porter, man, taking on a light heavyweight too. Jelton Almeida loses. Honestly, really easily, which is disappointing to see, but it happens. Oh, um, no hesitation on the takedown, dude. No, none whatsoever. I mean, he's 37. He's had, like, a kind of a little Cinderella UFC run, which has been dope. Love yeah, to see it. That's good, man. You'd like to see that out of these guys. At the same time, though, I mean, let's just be honest. We're kind of well aware that he has massive, like, flaws in his game. So this is the stuff that's going to happen. But... Anyways, man, disappointing. It's still, still a nice win, honestly, for Jelton Almeida to go ahead and move up to weight class and do that. Euros um, Medice defeating Omar Morales. That was a nice knockout. Jonathan Martinez defeating Vince Morales. Chase Hooper, dude. Ch- so, Chase Hooper, interesting guy. Came out of the contender series, we know this. You know, he went ahead and super young kid, 22 years old. And he's had this really weird run. After his last fight, which is decision loss to Steven Peterson, he's like, you know what, I'm going to take time off. Took off damn near a full year. He came back, looked like he hit puberty. He was low. He was honestly having success in the stand-up, and he was demolishing Felipe Corrales on the ground. And Felipe Corrales, he's a good dude. He's he's scored some really nice wins in the UFC, and he just got brutalized by a man. I mean, Chase Hooper, he's a guy that like he, Angel. Is he finally here? Is he here? You know, he's a guy with a lot of experience. You know, I don't think people realize he had he fought a lot on the. He had like four amateur fights. He had, what was it, a, uh, a few fights leading up to the, the Contender Series, but they didn't sign him at the time, right? No, they signed him. They signed him, but they let him fight on the regional scene? No, no, no. They, hold on. Yeah, 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 because if you look at it, he had he went 5-0, and oh, he won in the Contender Series, and then he had a draw, a win, a win. He was, a, he was awarded a developmental league contract. The UFC's done this before. They did the same thing with Greg Hardy. They decided to allow him to fight in... Uh, CFFC and Titan FC because they have uh-huh. a deal with UFC. And then and then they were going to give him the call up whenever it was time. Yeah, correct. Regardless so of the too. Well, he, he you know, he he had his little his little lead up and then he he finally gets the call up, he wins his debut. Then they give him an Alex Caceres, which was a very like looking at his like looking at the whole picture very weird, right? Mhm. But I mean, at the same time you had to realize how young this kid guy was, you know. He was like what, 20, 19 maybe at the time leading up into that fight. Yeah, like it, I think it was a lot at its time. It, it was just too much. He, and he, you know, he didn't. It wasn't like a, it wasn't a good loss, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a great. You know, there's, 
There was no good losses, but it was still a loss. You know what I mean? Like, but it wasn't yeah. terrible. Steven Peterson one was a little rougher, but he was able to get through it. And uh, that was a Firebirds fighting against somebody who was pretty dirty, missed weight, faked glove touch a couple times. Yeah, there there was a lot into it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> right. So I've my my personal pet peeve is like people who like fake glove touch and like he talks. You're fighting like a 20 year old dude after missing weight by like four pounds and like. Anyways, whatever. Yeah, no, Chase Cooper, I think it's just a, it's a matter of growth, man. Just let it grow, let it build up. I think he, let's be honest, Chase Cooper was not going to be the next Sean Jones. Like, that was not the what we were getting, you know what I mean? I think it'll be a very long time before we see 20-year-old, how old was John when he won the title? 23, 24. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very long time before we have another talent like that who comes in and is just going to be next to him. It's not to take anything away from Chase Cooper, not saying he can't be... Uh, a winning guy, but I think he was still a work in progress, you know, because he was one of those guys who, I mean, he was still like a heavy, like heavily reliant on jiu-jitsu, you know, like that was his whole thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, regardless, I am, I was very, very impressed, man. I'm going to go and say, I mean, he's had a bit of a weird UFC run, but at the same time, he's so, so young. And uh, the fact that he was having success in the stand-up. I mean, he has to be one of the, Youngest male signings in recent time, right? Yeah, for sure, man, because he's been in the UFC since 2019. He was 22 now, so he was 18 or 19 when he got signed. Well, you got to remember, too, I think his fight in the Contender Series, the kid he faced was also 18 or 19. It was, like, the youngest UFC fight ever. Oh, wait, I didn't know that. Yeah, because that kid is now 24, so that fight happened back in 2018. So that was, 40, he was, like, a 20-year-old versus 18-year-old. What a it's like the fight. youngest UFC fight ever. By the way, that poor kid came back and got knocked down in the Contender Series last year. So, um, <laughs> poor kid. Anyway, um, but yeah, man, Chase Cooper, he's growing into his body, and damn, dude, he looked fucking good. That was dope. Um, but yeah, man, as far as the last fight to go ahead and talk about on this card, Sam Hughes. Uh, not exactly anybody who came into UFC with a lot of high came in short notice, I believe. Got, I mean, the only time I think Tisha Torres has scored a finish in the UFC, I believe. Uh, Dr. Stoppage over Sam Hughes back in December 2020. Since she went on like a two fight losing streak, she was like on the verge of getting cut. She comes back, beats Estella Nunes, and that's the fight against Elise Reed, who she's not great, but she has some solid wins. She's a former Cage Fury FC champion. Uh, she lost to Jar Eubanks, but she did beat Corey McKenna. Dude, Sam Hughes fucked this girl up. Like, she got the yeah. knockout in the third round. And I love – do you see what her corner uh, – I believe it's Safe Saoud in her corner before the third round. Did you hear him? No, no, no. What did he say? He was like, you got to go for this fucking finish. You're better than this girl. Go get that. Like, he was like – he was going hard in the paint. And then she went out there and fucked that girl. To love that shit, Angel. That shit gets him <laughs> going, man. Had to fill it in there a bit. It was going to look a bit rough, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love that shit, man. I mean, uh, that's the stuff I love to see. Even though she was winning, you know, um, still awesome performance by her. And afterwards, she she called out Daniel Cormier, called out DC on the mic. She's like, he said I quit my teacher Torres fight. I don't fucking quit. Oh, like, oh. Did, did you see that? No, but I love that quote. That's good. Yeah, and then I saw her on the UCM Filter podcast. Like, she's a really likable girl. She's she's pretty cool. That's fucking um, dope. Good for her. Yeah, so because I guess like in their in their fight she couldn't see or something against Tisha Torres, 
And I think DC like either said that she quit or insinuated that she quit. And then she got on the mic. She was like, "You called me a quitter. I I don't fucking quit." Like I was like, "Oh no. damn, get it, get it, Sam, you get it, Queen, <laughs> yes, Queen." No. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, shout out her, dude. That was dope. Um, and not like I said. I mean, she was on the verge of getting cut. Like, but then you know she beat Estella Nunes. She's won two fights in a row. Solid for her, dude. Love to see it. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, and she just moved to Fortis MMA like last year, so it's not a coincidence that she's now she's winning fights. So the boys, Saif Saud and that camp, just all, all bangers. But anyways, all love and respect out there. All of our respect. So as far as MMA goes, that's it, Angel. That's it for MMA. I mean, we'll talk about MMA topics, but as far as recaps, that's it. There's no previews. We have a week in between. Bellator is off this week. Bellator. I don't know why they didn't schedule a card for this week because for some reason they decide they like to go head to head with the UFC or going on where there's other shit happening. Very very what's, strange. What's the next card for Bellator? Uh, they're not going to be back until May twenty. Not May. Excuse me. June twenty fourth. I think it's it's Musasi. Okay, the Moose. Yeah. All right. All right. But regardless, yeah, man. No Bellator. No UFC. No PFL. I believe nothing really. But. I mean, we didn't even talk about PFL anyways because they do it on, like, weird days of the week. And by the time that we talk about it, the fight would have already happened. So, anyways, however, we do have some quick boxing to talk about. We're going to give our picks for Javante Tank Davis versus Rolando Romero. Raleigh Romero. They rebooked this fight for some reason. Um, these two were supposed to fight back in December. It got canceled because Raleigh was, uh, I believe, um, there were five individuals who accused him of sexual assault. Eventually, the claims cannot be substantiated. So he ended up, um, you know, they rebooked this fight after Javonta defeat Isaac, beat Isaac Cruz. So now we're scheduled to go. It's going to be a Showtime pay-per-view at the Barclays Center in New York. I'm hyped for this fight. These dudes have been talking a lot of shit going in. They got a pretty big beef. And there's more than just, this is like some cool storyline shit. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think this fight's going to be that close. I'll tell you my pick in a minute. But if you guys don't know, this is going to be the last, fight for Javante Davis as a part of Mayweather Promotions. This is going to be his last one. And they're having to go against Raleigh because Raleigh is signed to Mayweather Promotions and even Javante's kind of been like, yeah, they're, they're kind of hoping that I lose this fucking guy. And full credit to him, Raleigh's got some hands. He's got 12 knockouts and 14 wins. His last fight was a solid, solid knockout of Anthony Udit back in July 2021. And, uh, yeah, man, very, very excited for this fight. We'll go and talk about in, like, the future for Tank Davis in a minute, but let's go ahead and say it. Angel, do you think Raleigh Romero, who I don't have the betting odds pulled up right in front of me, but is a pretty big underdog, I believe. Yeah, he's a, he's a plus, actually, he's not as big as I thought. He's a 5 1 underdog. So that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Regardless, do you think Raleigh could pull off the upset on Saturday? Probably not, man. I think we've seen Gervonta be battle-tested so much lately. He's beat every guy, every champ, every opponent. Uh, I don't think Raleigh's ever fought anybody as good as Gervonta. Or anybody, granted, who's fought in, like, there's probably, like, no one out there who's probably beat anybody as good as Gervonta right now, currently, out of all these young guys. But you know what I mean? Like, he seems uh, he seems un- seemingly untouchable right now. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a, a close fight. I mean, the Isaac Cruz one because he gave him a hard. You know, he he went to distance. He was tough. I'd love to see them run that shit back again. To be honest, just, to, just see if it gives him a different look. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, also Javante's hand was. I, I don't know if it was broken, but it was hurt. Mm-hmm. 
But um, regardless, yeah, I mean, this was uh, – I mean, I'm going to go ahead and be frank. I think it's going to be a, a pretty solid, easy win for Javante. Just being honest, I think he really dislikes this dude. And Javante is a guy that I've never a big fan of. I remember back in 2016, 2017, and I also don't like that, like, you know, he gets arrested, like, once every couple months for reasons. Um, but as, like, a fighter, man, he's won me over. He's won me over a lot over his last performances. But Isaac, the Isaac Cruz fight where he had to battle through the hand injury, and Isaac Cruz is a bad motherfucker who I did not realize at the time was a bad motherfucker. Um, I, Angel, you told me before, but I was wrong. I'll admit it. That Gamboa win was fucking destructive. So I'm, I'm on, I'm on the Cruz hype train. But regardless, the fact that he was able to beat him with one hand is pretty sick. The Mario Barrios fight, um, where Mario Barrios, another really, really tough dude. That was a great fight. Um, Santa Cruz knockout. He's won me over. I, I like Raleigh. I don't like Raleigh Romero. I like watching Raleigh Romero get into shit talking matches. Like, I'm not sure if you've watched these press conferences with these two. Sure it's right. it's really funny, um, just because Raleigh just talks so much shit, and there's no real like, there's no real reason behind it. He's just, he's just a, he just I don't know. He's just one of those dudes where if he's he's just gonna talk shit to you regardless, and not a whole lot of it makes sense, but it's very very entertaining. But regardless, these two dislike each other. There's a storyline going in of you know, Javante thinks Mayweather is doing this specifically to go ahead and replace him, and they probably are. He said he's not coming back. So, you know, I'm going to go and say Javante be a knockout. I mean, I I think this is his time. More important than this, though, Javante, this is the last fight as a part of his deal. Now, Angel, he has been already – people have already been campaigning to get him. Eddie Hearn talked about him, uh, potentially signing him. I know uh, Oscar De La Hoya talked about potentially signing to like a two- or three-fight deal just for the sole reason that he could fight Ryan Garcia next. If you had to bet your bottom dollar, obviously this is this is a gun to your head. You have to give me a guess. After he defeats Raleigh Romero, who do you think Javante Davis signs with? I'm not going to ask who's going to fight next because he'll probably take a tune-up regardless because that's whatever reason why that's how that shit works half the time. But regardless, who do you think he signs with next? Yeah, I mean, if he is to sign, like if he is to sign, like or or is re-signing an option. Uh, either one. Who do you think? Like after that fight, who do you think he's with? I think he's more likely to resign than on, but I think if he doesn't resign, I think he'll probably go Eddie Hearn. Mm. I like they'll give him the most money. Probably. I mean, if I if I honestly might, would not be surprised if it's actually De La Hoya. De La Hoya is apparently. I mean, I've, obviously it's just interviews, but he seems like he's really gung ho on signing Tank, specifically even to just like a two or three fight deal, similar to how like Eddie's been treating like Canelo and some of his other big stars, with the exception of AJ. Like, he, he just wants – Oscar wants to get him so he can get him on a two, three-fight deal and let him go. So, I want to make a bold claim. I think I think it's a sign with Oscar and Golden Boy. I think so. But that's just my guess. Um, I think he's going to knock out Brawley this weekend, and we'll see what happens. <clears throat> Moved to 27-0. and And, uh, shit, dude, hopefully he has a big fight next because he's pretty much – one of the main reasons he's leaving is because apparently he just thinks that it's time, and also he's not getting a whole lot of big fights. I mean, I, I like this Raleigh match because these guys talk a lot of shit. It'll be fun. But uh, in terms of, like, when's, when's the last time there was somebody who, like, you really thought that Tank fought who you're like, oh, shit, he might he might lose? Like, when's the last time? I thought that Isaac Cruz fight was looking interesting. I'll tell you what. Uh, well, I mean, going in or once, like, as the fight was going? I thought regardless. I was like, I have a weird feeling. I mean, I didn't think he'd lose. But I was like, he'll probably win it. A good decision. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, the last time I, I literally can't think of a time where since like I've been maybe Gamboa. I'll put it like this: There's fi- there was fight scenes going into that. I was like, this would be a hard fight, but then it, it didn't matter. Either either probably Gamboa or even Jose Pedraza, because that was it. But I mean, I mean, there'll be someone as 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 he only fights top level talent. There'll be someone, you know. And I mean, he has been, but you know what I mean. Like other other guys, you know, other champs, other weight class. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think that uh, hopefully he gets somebody big next because. Man, he's been champ. He's been champ for a while now, and hasn't really fought any of the top guys. Which, to be fair, is the story of most guys in that division. But still, and he's very um, young too. But he's taken out a lot of good guys, though. He has. I'd say he has one of the best resumes in that division. But at the same time, he has like a lot of good. Out of, out of the young guys, yes. Out of the young guys, he has the best yeah. resume. Yeah, he has a lot of good B B names, but not a whole lot of A list talent on there. If that makes sense. But um, hey, man, I, yeah, this, hey, this weight class though is getting shooken up, though. You know what I mean? It is. No, it is. I mean, we have Cambosis versus uh, Haney in like a week next yeah. week. Yeah, and Ryan's gonna fight Isaac Cruz. No, apparently not. Oh, that 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 fell through. Damn, that would have been a good fight. I know. Apparently, apparently, Isaac Cruz and his team said no. Cunts. I'll That's say what I thought. I'll say it. Fuck it. I'm sorry, ladies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, hey anyways, I, there's, we live in a society where people get offended, so I'd apologize. Uh, no, <laughs> anyways. Um, so, yeah, as far as boxing goes, that's the only real boxing that's, happened, that's happening this weekend. Um, so, yeah, that's eventually all we have in, in the way of previews and recaps and stuff. However, we do have a couple of other topics on this list. We have about, we got five from around the MMA in the boxing world, actually. So, we'll go ahead and hit boxing just because we were on that subject. So, Anderson Silva, um, <laughs> he had, what did you say? No, it's just, what's up, funny? No, it's just like, oh shit, here we go. Did did you did you did you laugh? I'm not sure what's so funny about this. We're talking about high level boxing right now. The highest high level. level, the pinnacle of boxing. The pinnacle of boxing. The problem child. No, anyways. So the Anderson Silva story continues. He fought in an exhibition um, boxing match against Bruno Machado, who is the lightweight champion or wealth. I can't remember for the UAE Warriors, either lightweight or welterweight. Anyways. Um, they fought on the undercard of Floyd Mayweather. Don Moore. didn't give a shit about that one, but I was way more excited for this. So Aaron Silva, technically, he did not win this, but he won this. He essentially dominated the fight, and because it was an exhibition, it was not scored. He ended up technically it was like a draw or whatever, but he knocked down the guy like two or three times. It was it was easy work for him, easy work. Um, in the words of Mayweather, easy work. You know, hell of a fight, hell of a fight. Um, but anyways, so Anderson Silva he fights, and Jake Paul gets on Twitter. And he, you know, he's he. Jake Paul is like a master of. He he keeps himself in the conversation. To the two best guys in the combat sports community, Jake Paul, Conor McGregor. If there's a fight going on, they're talking about. It. They're putting their name in the in the pot. You know, they, even if they're even if there's zero intention of fighting them, they're keeping themselves out there. So he gets out on Twitter. He puts out a picture of himself as like uh, he photoshopped his face on like an exterminator. So essentially, Anthony Silva's a spider. You get it. And then he also tweeted out that he, that he could he get it. So he can also beat Anderson and Floyd on the same night. Now, that's obviously hilarious to think about. But regardless, is Jake Paul next? If you had to go ahead and – we've talked about this before, but Jake Paul is supposed to fight August 13th. There's been a whole hell of a lot of names. Uh, Mike Tyson, Tommy Fury, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Michael Bisping, Anderson Silva. Those have been the five names that have been rumored to fight Jake Paul next. After this fight, where once again Anderson looked great – do you think it's do you think it's time? Do you think this is the fight to make 
for Jake Paul. I, I can turn it off. I feel like Jake already has the opponent, though. I feel like the opponent's already been made. We just don't know who it is, and it's not Anderson. Hmm. Well, then, who, Angel, let me toss that back to you. Don't not, don't go anywhere. Who do you think it is? I have, if it's not Anderson. If, if really, I'm going to be really – I'll give an answer, but I'll be really honest with you. I really don't know. I'm just going to say Tommy, but I really – I genuinely – like, look, in the past, I've had good ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. This time, I legitimately don't know, but I'm going to say Tommy for the sake of giving you an answer. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. Well, I which don't kind of makes sense. Them. I think Tommy kind of makes sense, though. Yeah. No, I think he does. Here's the thing. Is Jake Paul cannot really – I think the Tommy Fury one is the one where he cannot go wrong. Because if totally. you look at, the, like, a lot of the See, options – I feel like – Sorry to cut you off. No, go, go ahead. Coming off like a fucking ant. Go ahead. No, no, no. Look, <laughs> see, the thing is, wait till I, I see you next time. I, I, I've listened to a lot, a lot of podcasts, and I feel like every see, you're really high on the topic. It's crazy because I feel like everybody has the opposite opinion. I know. I, I completely get where you're coming from, but it, but it's, it feel like in, 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 in reality, for look. For the, for you and me, I feel like it, it it adds a lot. Like it genuinely will will boost his stock a lot. But for a lot of people, I, I feel like it's not going to do anything. Mm. Which is interesting to me because I think if you look at it, if you like, for example, uh, every other opponent that I named, like there, there's there's five right now. There's been five that have been talked about, and Jake's been very very well like. He's been very upfront about those are the five names that he's like either in communication with or fighting next. And the, that being Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I'm just going to repeat it again. Julio, Mike Tyson, Bisping, Anderson, and Tommy Fury. Those are the five. He's very upfront. I feel like every single one outside of Tommy Fury, like people are going to find an issue with or something. Like I've always said, if he if he beats Tommy Fury straight up, he has my respect. Now, granted, he already has my respect to a degree because the fact that anybody goes in there and competes. When they're already millionaire and they don't need this shit, I, I full credit to you, dude. Like, yeah, you're fighting in very lopsided matchups where anybody with two two eyes and a brain knows who's going to win there. But, you know, like, it's props to you for even competing. He doesn't need to do it. However, Anderson is 47 years old. Mike Tyson is 54 years old. Um, Bisping is 44 with one eye, two replaced knees. Julio Chavez Jr., I believe, is only 35, but he's like three weight classes below Jake. And he has not won a relevant fight in about – what, five years? So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I feel like the Tommy Wolfrey one makes the most sense, but I think you're right, dude. I'm not sure what it is, what we missed, because, I mean, if you if you had to pick your perfect opponent, who would you rather see him fight? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I haven't really said mine, but who would you like to see him fight? Probably Tommy, if I'm being really honest with you. I think that's the one most interesting one. That's where I'm at. Because, I, I mean, if people I respect are like, Dude, Tommy Fury gets, like, Luke Thomas is one of the guys that, like, I, Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell, those are two guys that, like, morning combat. It's probably my favorite. I thought, of course, that's on the podcast. I think they're probably the second best podcast in MMA space, probably. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we're clearly far and away number one, so it's you, really you know, you know what's going to fuck me up, Josh? If, if If he fights Tommy and he walks through Tommy. That would, that would fuck me up, yeah. Because we were like, damn, Josh, we were actually wrong. Yeah, I would absolutely fuck me. But even then, like, those are two guys. Shab is a guy that, like, I don't really respect his opinion, but, like, he he knows the Paul brothers pretty well, you know? And he's like, yeah, man, Jake, Jake fucks him up. Like, it's not even close. And he's fought, and too, they, you know? He knows about fighting. Like, as much he does. As he's they, been in there, yeah. Yeah, um, like, you think you have a you know, better take. I mean, he worked for the Showtime boxing team for, like, ever. I think he just left this year. So, anyway, so he knows about boxing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, 
I feel like we're like crazy, man. Because there's some people like I respect what I watch. Like, yeah, man, Tommy gets fucked up, and I feel like it's so weird because I don't even think it's close. That's what I want. I don't even think it's close. I mean, if you watch their fighting styles, and a lot of it just has to do with like where Tommy's at and where Jake's at. Jake, can he one day be better than Tommy? Yeah, that day might even be soon. But at the same time, if you look at their styles, Jake is very, very good at finding a home for the right hand, and he's very good at slowing the fight down. If it turns into like a wild affair, can you find the right hand? Decent, decent chance, sure. But at the same time, it gets a high, decently high level boxer. Tommy's not a world champion. He never will be. He's not even particularly good. However, there are some things that are, he is good at. Everybody laughed at John Fury saying that he's like Triple G, which is quite funny. It is very <laughs> funny that he compared him to Triple G. However, at the same time, he is very, very good at putting a lot of pressure on you, giving him zero room to breathe. He's has very, very good card. In the last fight, he beat 10-1, I believe, Daniel Bozowski, who is not a great guy. A lot of his record's pretty inflated at the same time. You know, that's how boxing works. Two guys inflate the records until they fight. That's how we find out who's the best. Um, you know, that's how top little boxers are made. But anyways, he beat the shit out of that guy. And he did that by putting a pace on him, knocked him down a couple of times. And I remember everybody's like, dude, Tumphrey looked like ass. I'm like, what did you want from him? <laughs> what did you want from him, man? I'm like, what did you want from him? I, like, I genuinely don't did, – did he have to knock him out? Like, I thought it was more impressive because he just systematically like, beat the dog shit out of this guy. Like, he doesn't have to go out and knock somebody out for it to be a nice performance. I think it's kind of, like, pretty dumb, you know? But I don't know, man. I mean, as far as who I'd like to see him fight, I'd, I'd be cool with any of the aforementioned names with the exception of Bisping. Oh, fuck that. Conor McGregor now is kidding. <laughs> I, you, know what, you know what's funny? Is I actually think Dana, I think, you know, Dana Nussi got what they've wanted, you know? Um, by, by that, I mean, like, they essentially froze all the options out for who Jake wanted to fight. You could tell he was angling hard for Conor, Nate, Masvidal. But guess what? All those guys, they're not getting out of those deals. And Jake, for whatever reason, thought he could get them out of the deal. He hoped that he wait around long enough it would work. Now he he's in a position. He huh? might have low-key fucked Diaz, to be honest. I think so. I think like, indirectly, did. like, in some way affected that. And granted, I think, I think Diaz was trying to get out of his deal anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah. But Jake definitely didn't help him, especially, I think, if there was actual talks and Dana got word of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, I think Danny Luzzi, for Mr. Checkmate, him, now he's in a position where he's to fight a guy that either is not... Because now he's in a position where, like, all the big names that we afford, like, you mentioned, the exception of, I think, I don't know, I think they all possibly could beat him, but I think the two names, the couple of names that we're hearing the most, Tyson, Silva, and, you know, Fury, I think they all probably beat him. I think he's in a really bad position right now. But I will say Tom Fury is the best one of, like, if he beats him, he'll get the respect. There's no arguments you can make against him, honestly. You know? You can't make the age argument because Fury's younger. He's been training for longer, you know? And people say he's not that big of a star, but, like, at this point, I think the star, you got to be a big star to fight Jake Paul. is like, kind of a, a weird argument to make because his last fight bombed. So, I, I mean, you know, whatever. Um... Do, who do I think is next? I mean, you said Tommy. I'll, for the sake of argument, I will also go. I'll go Tommy or Tyson. One of those two. Really? I don't think, think, I don't think it's gonna be Silva. Do you think it's gonna be Mike fucking Tyson? It might be. Yeah. Oh my God, Iron Mike. Which, by the way, I don't want to see that, but it might happen. Oh, did you already see Mike knock out Jake? I don't know that Mike knocks out Jake, and the the thought you, you mean you know you mean you know that Mike knocks out Jake. That's what you're trying to tell me. 
I don't, dude. He's so old. I mean, he's we. So, he, but he's so quick for being so old. I know, but at the same time, like, dude, he's not a Vander Holyfield, dude. Calm down. He's not. He's not. He's fifty-four, and he's the most insane fifty-four-year-old you'll ever find. But and he's juiced out of his mind. Fifty-four-year-old still shouldn't be fighting guys who are twenty-five. <laughs> that's just how it works. It that's what, what you think. <laughs> but dude, if, if Mike comes out of retirement just to fuck up Jake Paul, what a what a king moment. You know what I mean? Like what that's, a, that's what a giga Chad moment. You know that's what's out, gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. It might. It might. But. We'll have to see. We will have to see. Uh, next up on the on on the stuff to talk about list, the the news topics. Also in the boxing world, Canelo Alvarez. He's he's made his decision. He has ended his silence. And by silence, I mean what two weeks? He <laughs> sat around for two weeks thinking about it. He is going to go forward with the Gennady Golovkin trilogy. That's going to happen September seventeenth at a venue to be announced. For all for Canelo's 168 pound titles. With that, he's also going to hope to go for the B-ball rematch afterwards. He's going to fight B-ball in December. Oh, okay. So he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. Angel, give me your thoughts on the trilogy fight between Gennady and Albert. Is this what you is, is that what you wanted to see? When yeah, we, already, we already knew this was going to happen though. There was already talks about it, so I'm not even like surprised. You know what I mean? I just didn't know if he was actually. I didn't know if he was going to actually go through with it because of the loss. Yeah, it, the the deal was is if he won, he would go through with it. But then after he lost, he said he's going to rematch Bivol. And he still said he wants to. I mean, we still might fight Bivol according to him. So yeah, but it's not like anything's really changed. You know, I feel like everything's still kind of the same. Fair enough, friend. But does this intrigue you at all? I mean, yeah, I watch them. I think they'll still be. I mean, they'll still be good. They'll still be good battles. I'm just curious. To, uh, Hey man, if I'm Triple G, I think this is probably I would I dude I would retire after this fight if I was him. Yeah, I think so. This is the only. I'm not thing saying it in a bad way, but he's like what? No, damn no, near, no, not at all. He's what? Damn near forty. He's gonna he go out on a, forty. He 40. is forty. He is forty. He's gonna go out on a big paycheck and dude, put it all on the line out there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. fight like you're fighting for your fucking life. <laughs> like no joke. You know what I mean? Like take all the risk you can. You know, make all make all the crazy. Be unexpected and uh, be great, you know. Hmm. So I agree. I mean, this is the last big one. This is essentially it. I mean, if yeah, because there's, no, there's nothing else for him to do, you know. Because I think win or lose, I think win or lose, he should retire anyways. I think if he beats Canelo, he should still retire. Well, I mean, he's already beaten Canelo. You know what I mean? <laughs> that first fight made me so angry. I I don't even. I don't want to get into it, but. Yeah, man. Uh, even the second one, I thought he still won, but I'll I'll concede that it was closer. I thought the first round was a, the first one was a pretty clear eight four for Gennady, but whatever. I'm not gonna rehash it. I gotta tell you, um, I thought the, I thought the second one was more of a draw than the first. No, it absolutely was. They, they, honestly, the fight should have been reversed. First one was a clear Gennady win. Second one, I still scored for Gennady, but I will concede that it could have been a draw. But whatever. So yeah, if I'm Triple G, man. I, Go out there, put it all on the line. I mean, really, there's nothing else for him to do. He just he just unified the towels at 160. He's one of the greatest, maybe not of all time, but around that kind of weight, around that weight class for sure. I don't think it's very arguable. Yeah, he has some unfortunate, not unfortunate, but some bad well, luck. People ducked him forever. Well, not that, but he was supposed to fight for a title, and that person ended up retiring for health issues. You know, this stuff happened. Yeah, well, he he did have a lot of people who fucking ducked him. 
I even too. even Canelo waited until he was thirty five to fight him. And he, after he, but even that, he also got a. He also wasn't promoted a lot, like very well. No, yeah. There's there's a lot of factors into it. It is kind of insane to think about that he spent the vast majority of his prime sitting on, like not really sitting on the shelf, but fighting like not the fights that we wanted to see in it, mm-hmm. or fighting as good of competition that we hope. Because dude, the fact that he's forty years old. And he's – like, if you're 40, you can have success at, like, certain weight classes, you know what I mean? Like, the higher up you go, the more likely it is for you'll be fine. Like, George Foreman was 45 when he won the title. Bernard Hopkins was 49 when he was lightweight champion. But to be, like, 160 and to be fucking champion, like, that's insane, dude. Unified champion at 40 years old. You know, I believe he'll be 41 when the – never mind. He just turned 40. Turned 40 last month. So, yeah, man, it's insane to think about, but – yeah, man. Um, I'll watch it. I'll probably be sad whenever Canelo wins, but it is what it is, you know. Um, it is what it is. But yeah, I, I, as far as the last part, I don't really understand the B-ball uh, rematch. Personally, he, he wants it. it. He wants to try to win that fight. There's nothing he wrong does. with that. No, no, he does. But that's respectable. No, 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 I respect the, the daring to be great, but at the same time, there's very few guys who would ever wonder. There's very few guys who rerun a fucking fight like that, you know, after a long. Yeah, but they just got. Should keep that. So I respect it, but definitely it's not going to go any easier the second time around. But regardless, um, yeah, man. Since we went ahead and we're going to bounce from boxing to not even MMA, we're going to bounce to kickboxing, Angel. That's right. We're going to talk about kickboxing on this fucking show, which we never ever talk about. However, there is a big kickboxing match that just got us glory. At long last, we are going to see Alistair Overy make his debut. Obviously, he was supposed to make his uh, glory debut. Well, not I mean, it's, yeah, it was his glory debut. I was about to say, um, never mind. He fought in K one. I don't know where my mind went for a minute there, but regardless, he's gonna be his glory. Fucking, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, man. Believe me, I'm the, I'm on the same page. Regardless, um, after everybody was wondering, is he gonna go to Bellator, PFL? He decides to go get back to kickboxing, and he's supposed to fight um, Rico in October. He ended up pulling out last October. Excuse me, uh, Rico Verhoeven. Pulled out due to injury. He's now set to go again. Granted, it's a long time from now, but Glory Collision 4 in October. It's going to be a trilogy between – a trilogy fight between Alistair Overeem and Badr Hari. The first time around they fought, 2008, Badr gets knocked out by the Ream. Solid left hook put him to sleep. They rematch the following year. Bader ends up winning via TKO in the first round. So now here we are over a decade later. They're going to run the Holy trilogy. Shit. They're going to run the trilogy fight at Glory Collision 4. And uh, more than likely, the winner here is going to go ahead and get that title shot against Rico Verhoeven. Either it's going to be a trilogy for Bader or it's going to be Overeem having the opportunity to become another kickbo- kickboxing champion over 10 years after he did the first time. So give me go ahead and give me your thoughts on this fight and kind of give me your thoughts just on Overeem returning. Because we didn't talk about it really at the time. Give me your thoughts on Overeem returning to kickboxing. I think it's a good return fight. Him returning to kickboxing, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I didn't return to fighting in general. I didn't think he had to do it. I think if he wanted to hang it up, he could have hung it up, and it would have been perfectly fine. You know what I mean? I didn't think he – he he didn't leave uh, – he didn't need to do anything else. You know, I think everything was kind of done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, as far as him returning to kickboxing – I don't, I kind of don't know how I feel about it, but, um, hey man, as long as he's happy, because over in kickboxing is still dope, and I believe he still is, I don't know the, the intricacies of his deal with Glory, but I'm pretty sure he could probably negotiate a fight with MMA if he wants, but, 
Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I like this matchup a lot. Um, Botter is also older. He's had a rough go of it. I mean, he is not one of – it's crazy to think about because Botter's still a huge name. He's not one of fights since 2015, technically, you know. Um, he lost to Rico via injury. He beat um, Hazy Gurges back in 2018, but then that was turned to a no contest after they both popped for PEDs. Oh, my God, both of them. Yeah, he fought Rico That's again. That's the first time I've ever heard of that, by the way, where both guys pop. Oh, it's happened before. Um, oh, I can't think of the fight. Who, who's that guy who is who I told you before? Uh, Hermes Franca and Sean Shirk both tested positive for PEDs after their fight for the lightweight title. So that's, that's a fun fact for you. Um, but yeah, man, anyways, uh, he fought Rico in 2019. That was another, his second fight Rico also ended, ended due to injury, but that fight was still a banger. First one ended, it was a really weird fight. Second one was at least a banger. He lost via TKO 2020 and then he lost via knockout again in 2021. And then there was a no contest due to a riot happening in Botter's last fight. Yeah, that was crazy. That was fucking insane. So, Do yeah, we ever know what even, happened there? Do we know what happened there? No. I don't know what caused the riot. It just kind of kind of occurred. I believe so. That's that's kind of hype. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, that, that sounds epic. <laughs> epic. No, dude. I, I like awesome. this fight a lot. Oh, you didn't get the reference. I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah, I, li- I like this fight a whole lot. Um. Anyways. But yeah, overall, I like this fight a lot. In in terms of over return to kickboxing, kind of kind of a on it. But as long as he's happy, that's it's important, I guess. Um, I am still surprised that he's decided to do it. I didn't know that Glory had that money to throw around to get over him, but fuck it, dude. I guess they do, man. Big kickboxing is big in other other places, man. Yeah, Netherlands, pretty much. Mainly, yeah, mainly in the but you know, in Europe as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, man, I like this fight a lot. Very very excited for that. That's not going down until October. Um. Another piece of news. We're going back to MMA for this one. Junior Dos Santos uh, made his Eagle FC debut against Jorgen Castro at Eagle FC 47. Now, we should talk about mainly going in. This is supposed to be a title eliminator fight. So, essentially, the winner of this would get a title shot. Instead, um, on fight, essentially, uh, Habib said, you know what? If JDS wins, we're probably just going to have him fight Fedor. Which... I, I know that, like, they, they were, they're on good terms with, um, Bellator, because they've had, Islam Mabadov fought on EUFC 47, but I guess this shit must have been way more, you know, like, in-depth than we knew, because, like, even after the fight ended, JDS's fight, they're still like, oh, you, you think you can still fight Fedor? Like, they're still talking up a Fedor fight. Essentially, Fedor's gonna retire later this year. We know this. JDS is being discussed as a positive opponent. Everything was going great. JDS is beating the shit out of Joe to Castro until he I, I'm pretty sure he dislocated his shoulder. I yeah. only know the that's full, how it looked. I don't know the full injury, honestly, but regardless, that's what it looked like. Uh fight's over. Jorgen to Castro wins, celebrates like he won the World Series, and uh JDS loses. Do you think the Fedor fight is still viable at this point? I'm not even asking. I, I heard some viable? people say no. Hmm. Uh, who who said no? I've just heard I've heard a few podcasts and I've heard I've heard more than one I've heard people say no they're not interested and I read something on Twitter like this is a guy and I saw I kid you not I read I read a tweet that said this is the guy who's fighting JDS or this is the guy who's fighting Fedor which mm-hmm. I mean 
I'm still interested personally, but I feel, but I've, I've read a few comments and I, I get the perspective a bit, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a retirement. If I, I mean, if I just want to fight another guy who's older and a legend too, you know what I mean? It doesn't make too much of a difference. I thought they could have got a, oh my God, what's his name? Uh, he's doing, pro, he's doing pro wrestling now. Uh, Goodness sake, why am I blinking right? Mm-hmm. He fought uh oh god. He's struggling right now. And he he was he's a heavy grappling guy, white guy, big beard now. Oh my goodness. Why am I blinking on his name? I can see his face. I'm just <laughs> blinking. He coaches Victor Henry. It means it means nothing to me. <laughs> I'm blinking, dude. I don't know why I'm blinking. That would have been another good fight too. Josh Barnett? Josh Barnett. That oh, was another... Josh Barnett. Oh shit, he signed a Bellator too. That's what I'm saying. I thought that would have been another good opponent. I don't know. I, was... I could see Josh Barnett's voice. I could even this is... I could even think of his liquor. Can you can you believe that? That's hilarious. Yeah, War Ma- Like was it Warmaster or Warbringer? I know it's one of those. Yeah, Warmaster. I can literally think of everything besides his name. That's hilarious. Um. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I shit, dude. Um. I'm, I mean, look, I don't think this fight with JDS is going to happen. I think they stood kill, they stood, they still can run it. At the same time, I've always said there's a couple of names. I think that the, the Ryan Bader rematch makes sense. I think the, I, I thought JDS made sense until he lost, honestly. I thought yeah. Overeem made sense. I mean, now that you bring it up, probably, I mean, Josh Burnett makes a whole lot of sense, man. I mean, he still is under Bellator contract. He's not fought for them. He's never fought for them. He had one scheduled fight. He got pulled the week out because I think the other guy got COVID or something. This is back in, like, something 2020, like November 2020. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's a whole ah, – shit, dude. I really don't know. I think the Josh Barnett shot honestly makes the most sense. I really think it does. But mm-hmm. let us see what happens there. I mean, they got to nail this. Like, they got to nail this, dude. Like, this is the retirement of, in my opinion, the greatest fighter of all time. So, I'm sure Bell – he Bellator. needs to fight another legend, though. I think that's yeah, I think I so. And, I think so. And Bellator handles this stuff way better than the UFC does. So I have faith. To look at the right opponent. Um, because I remember hating on the Tim Johnson fight, and you know, you know what, dude? That was right. Seeing Fedor knock out Tim Johnson, he was on a hell of a run. It gave you flashbacks. It did. That shit was so fast, man. Um. Anyways, man, uh, we'll see what happens with JDS in the future. That shit was hard to watch. Them. And that was just. That wasn't even got knocked out. That's just that's just old man stuff. That's the easiest way to put it. It is, it is old man stuff. No, dude, that's um, some real gang shit right there. <laughs> Anyways, last bit of news: um, UFC welterweight champion Kamaru Usman. Uh, we've heard about him returning in July for a long time. Um, even Leon Edwards said, "Yo, international fight week. That's what's gonna happen." He, was, he said that as early as a month ago. Obviously, we kind of we knew that Kamaru was struggling with a hand injury. Going into the Colby fight, he had a hand injury, and apparently he exasperated it even worse. He had to get surgery afterwards. Um, that fight, has, his hand is healing not very well, apparently, because of the tendons in his hand or something. Apparently, he's not ready to go. He hasn't even been cleared to return to training. They don't know when he may return. He probably is not going to return until the end of the year. Angel, give me your reaction. And, and really, not as much of the injury. Let's go ahead and ask this. Do you think they should do an interim title? The, the, the big thing, the big, cause they've already, UC's already done this. Davidson Figueredo fought like four months ago and they're making an interim title for July. 
So right. what do you think about them making an interim title for 170? I have no issue. I think, but I do think if Kamara's going to be out for more than a year, they, they, they should. They should just consider it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, dude, I heard the I heard, uh, heard the injury was as bad as he might not fight again bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't be so, a good idea to fight again. Is is the that like just so he doesn't fuck up his hand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as as far as this, I went ahead and reported on this for BJPen.com. Go to BJPen.com to go and see all the top of the news going on in the sport right now. UC Belt will be covered at all. Anyway, so I went ahead and covered this for BJPen.com. <laughs> Apparently. Um, the issue is that because of the way that his hand injury, hand injury is, it's not just like he broke his hand or something. It has to do with like the tendons in his hand. And so essentially, if those heal wrong, um, I can, I can guess I can read the quick quote for you from an interview that I re- he recently gave. Essentially, um, because there's no blood flow in that with your tendons. Apparently, that's what Kamaru said. It takes longer. It's also right on the top of his knuckle. And so essentially, if he doesn't take the appropriate time to heal, he's going to split it right back open. and he'll be out for a whole year. And if he really fucks it up, he may not potentially fight again. So apparently he's taking more than enough time. And uh, even himself, they asked him about an intro title. He's like, yeah, I, I don't give a shit. Like, he's, he's like, I really don't care. It just makes it easier for, you know, um, to have an isolated name as to who I'm going to fight next. Um. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, man. I think they should go ahead and pull the trigger. It's time to pull the trigger. Hamzat Shemaev, Leon Edwards. Interim title. And fuck it, July 30th. That card can use some help. Just do it. That's the card, obviously, with Nunez Pena, too. It's a fun card. I think it's actually, in terms of, like, uh, fights themselves, arguably one of my most look forward to cards of the year. But in terms of draws, not a whole lot on that one. Fuck it. July 30th, Leon Edwards, Hamza Chimaev. Because at this point, the Coley fight seems dead. I don't want to say that it's dead, but, I mean, when is that ABC card? Do we even know? I mean. I don't know. I also heard, I still heard they were trying to gun for that. Like, they were still trying to gun for Colby Chimaev interim title at that. Ooh, that makes no sense. <laughs> but that makes no sense. But it's the UFC, so are you surprised? That's a good point. That's a good point. It's UFC, so who knows? I mean, if you're going to give the top shot to Colby... Hey, dude, Oliveira could get injured tomorrow and be out for a year, and they could give Conor a title interim shot. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be that bad, though, depending on who he fights. But you know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, true. Um, and and Makachev might not be one of the pieces in that interim fight if that was the case, too. Who would he even fight, then? Dude, it's the UFC. You know that's a possibility. It's not a matter of who's in a fight. It's... <laughs> it's a matter. It's just it's gonna happen. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we should probably just do an interim title. If it's true that Kamar was not even returning to training, and it's he fought in November, dude. It's it's about to be June. UC has pulled the interim title trigger way sooner, way sooner than than what they are right now. I just think right now there's like so many good factors going on because UC really wants to give, they really want to make that Colby Hamzat fight, apparently. But at the same time, Colby is, I mean, he's out due to brain injury. He's suffering, suffering from Masvidal, so no, anyways, um, they still want to find a way to feed Nate to Chimaev. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff going on right now. I'd say, you know what, just fuck it, dude. Let Colby figure out his legal situation with Masvidal. Um, 
because I don't really think he deserves to be in a position where he even fight for a title. I mean, he is, dude, he beat Masvidal and he's lost. He's won like two fights in the last, what, But Josh, he beat Tyrone Woodley, the former champ. Dude, I can beat Tyrone Woodley at this point. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, anyways, man, I mean, I just, I just think it's, it's such a clear thing to do. And because of that, I don't think the UFC will do it, but whatever. Um, that's essentially all my thoughts on it. As far as it is, anything, any other thoughts on that or anything else on the MMA, boxing, or anything else we might talk about? No, I, th- I think we touched up on everything pretty well. I mean, it was a lighter week, and we were able to fill it in pretty well. And we'll be back with a preview here next week. Luckily, we come back in the mix pretty quick, though, and uh, we still had a fair – I think we had a fair bit to talk about. And after that, it's a pay-per-view, so we're chilling. I mean, this is longer than last week. Really? <laughs> we're at an hour 15, so. There you go. So there you go. Um, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed this this week. Obviously, next week will be way more uh, jam packed terms of content and stuff. But hope you guys did enjoy. I, I kind of like these news topic episodes. Uh, we're pretty rare whenever we do them, but uh, I enjoy it. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the show as well. Uh, I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at Andrew underscore oh one. At Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Feel free to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and edit everything else. Feel free to go ahead and subscribe. Give us a rating on there. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.